What's up, CF Paris? We ready. How about y'all? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love
you up this morning. We lift you high. We worship your name. You are everything we need, God.
trust that you are working in every situation and you are working out every situation, God. 
we continue to keep our eyes on you and trust you and worship you for you are good your mercies are new every morning this morning your mercies are new your strength for us is new you are our fortress you are our protector but most of all God you are love Help us love one another. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Hello and welcome again to Church From Home. We hope today's service is a blessing to you. We'd like to thank all of you for your joyful generosity that helps us continue to serve and reach out every week to people across our community, all over the country, and even around the world. And we'd like to take just a moment to let you know all the ways you can continue to make giving a part of your worship as we live out the gospel in this time together. If you enjoy the convenience of giving on the go on your phone, the easiest way to do this is to text the word GIVE to the number below on the screen. You can set up a one-time account with our church online giving service, Tithely, and from that point on, all you do is just text the number that you want to give. If you feel more comfortable, you can also download the Tithely app on your mobile phone and set up an account for giving that way. Or, if you prefer the ease of using your computer, you also have two options here. First, you can go to our church website at www.cfparis.church and click on the Giving tab. This will take you to our Tithely Giving page where you can also set up a one-time or recurring gift just like you do on your phone. Please note that there is a very small processing fee for any giving done on Tithely with a credit card, but you do have the choice of whether or not you'd like to cover the fee. If you prefer working with your bank or financial institution's websites, you also have the option to use their online services to set up giving to the church. If you'd like a more hands-on approach, or you're just looking for a reason to get out of the house, we've got you covered there too. You can still mail us a personal check at 3410 North Main Street, Paris, Texas, 75460. We love getting mail and we check the mailbox all throughout the week. Or if you like, you can even drop by our building between 9 a.m. and noon on Sunday morning and drop your gift in the offering box. And finally, if none of these options feel right to you, just let us know and I will personally come to your house and pass you the offering plate. I will definitely not come to your house and pass you the offering plate. We're hearing some wonderful stories from you about ways you've found to be a blessing to others in this time, both through our church and on your own as God gives us opportunities. We know there's still a lot of uncertainty for us, and we encourage you to seek the Holy Spirit for direction, freedom, and joy in your giving, however and wherever you choose to give. Thank you. Welcome everybody to week two of Choosing Fruit. Excited to be back with you this week. Last week, we looked at a scripture in Psalms 1, and I wanna read this to you again. Psalm chapter one, listen here with me, says, Oh, the joys of those who delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. That person, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You and I, each and every one of us, we want to be just like that tree that produces good fruit. We want to be able to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I might have said gentleness twice. Um, but what ends up happening in our lives so often because we're just not, not paying attention, not recognizing it, or thinking something's menial or not that bad, what ends up happening is the fruit that we end up producing and operating in is anger, sorrow, anxiety, depression, pride, bitterness, revenge, doubt, and unbelief. Um, 
And, and like I said, they, they come across as innocent enough. Like, really, it, it's not that bad, Corey. It's just, you know, so I'm bitter at such and such. I'll get over it eventually or whatever. We, we come up with excuses, but not recognizing, not dealing with these bad fruits in our lives will eventually destroy your life. And what it'll do is it won't just destroy your life, but it will as well destroy all the good that God wants to do through your life into the lives of others. Um, so today, today what I want to do is I want to look at a, a bad fruit that has a tendency, I, I believe we need to recognize it, and it's a, it's a tendency in each and every one of us, and it's the fruit of envy. Envy. We have to admit, at one level or another, each and every one of us has been affected by envy. Um, from, from very early, you see it in a child's life. Uh, a child, a kid will be in a room playing by themselves and have a toy and be thrilled to death with what they have, the toy. Another child will walk in with another toy and all of a sudden that one kid is just irate, belligerent, and just mad because he envies, he wants the other toy and his toy, right? It, it happens, but, but envy, it affects us all, but is it really a big deal? Is it really that big of a deal in our lives? I mean, how bad is it to, to maybe want a, a little bit of something that you don't have? Really, how bad can that be, Corey? Is envy really that big of a deal? I want to read a passage to you out of James. And remember, I want to, if anybody had reason to be envious, it would have been James. James was the brother of Jesus. And when you think about it, think about growing up and your brother's Jesus, right? Jesus goes off to the temple, the, the elders and, and the scribes are all like sitting down with Jesus and they're, they're talking and, and all of a sudden you come of age and you go up to the temple and, and one of the Pharisees, one of the, the rulers looks at you and says, oh, I remember your brother Jesus. I'm excited to have you in class. We used to sit around and, and, and read the books of the Bible together and uh, I can only imagine James just kind of rolling his eyes and saying, Jesus, oh, stupid. I mean, you can, it's just that, that envious nature in each and every one of us, right? But listen to what James said. James learned about envy from a young age and had this to say in James chapter 3. But if you harbor, if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it and do not deny the truth. For such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It is earthly, it is unspiritual, and it's demonic. Is envy a big deal? According to James, it's earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's of the devil. All right, so look, you've got to recognize that this will lead to destruction in your life. When you read on in verse 16, it says this, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So is envy a big deal? Uh, profoundly so, yes. It is. It's a sinful sickness, and, and it can affect each and every one of us. Um, so what I want to do today, I want to give you first like a, a running definition of envy for, for what we're talking about today. Envy, envy is, is, number one, it's resenting God's goodness in, our, in, uh, in others' lives. Resenting God's goodness in others' lives. Well, they've got it, and I want it. They don't deserve it. I do. It's resenting the blessings and the goodness of God in other people's lives, but also at the same time, it's ignoring God's goodness, all of his blessings within your own life. So where do we find envy? Yeah, look, there's examples after example after example. Number one, all, I mean, all over the place, physical envy. Ladies envy other ladies. Men, we envy other men, whether it be uh, their physique or, or, or their figure or, or their stature or their height. And all these different things we start to compare and we start to be envious of. Uh, it could be relational envy. There's a lot of times you'll have two good friends that, that uh, love hanging out together and then one of them ends up getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend and, and the other one now is kind of jealous envious of that relationship. Well, I, I want a boyfriend-girlfriend too. I want to be in a relationship. You see it a lot in marriages, sadly. Um, you, you'll see people, you know, end up walking around, talking to other people, talking to their friends, saying something to the effect of, well, well her husband helps around the house. Uh, he has a good job. And, and my husband, well, he's no better than he's just a, a bump on the log. Or, or maybe just the opposite. My wife or, or his wife is, they're always encouraging. They're always positive. They're great. But mine, they're always just nag, nag, nag. It's envy. It's envy. Ironically, we, we see envy... Uh, 
shown through different stages of life. When you're young, you can't wait to be older. When you're young, you can't wait to be older, older, older. And then one day, and I haven't figured out where that day is, I know I've crossed it, but one day all of a sudden you start being envious of what used to be, the good old days, how it once was when, when your joints used to hold up, whatever. Uh, we find envy. We, we envy talent a lot of times. We, we envy material is probably the biggest one. Each and every one of us probably deals with this on a consistent basis. That material envy, whereas, man, if I only had a job like theirs, if I only had a car like theirs, a house like theirs, a, we, the list just goes on and on and on and on. And, and each one of them kind of ends with something, then I would be happy. Then I would be better. Then life would be better. Envy is resenting God's goodness to someone else while ignoring his goodness in our own lives. Um, there's example after example of envy as well, destroying lives throughout Scripture. When you read through Scripture, Genesis 4, well, last week we talked about Cain and Abel and how Cain became angry at Abel, but Scripture also talks about how Cain envied his brother. He got envious and it led to murder every kind of evil, right? Genesis 31, there was the two sisters, Rachel and Leah, and, and Rachel envied Leah. Why? Because Rachel, uh, Rachel couldn't have a baby, and, and, and Leah had already had some children, and, and so she was envious. But then later on in that same chapter, you start to see that Leah now is starting to resent and envy Rachel. It went both ways. Genesis 37, Joseph, and, and he gets this beautiful coat, coat of many colors, right? His dad gives him this coat. His brothers hate him for it. They're envious of him. They beat him up, throw him in a pit, sell him into slavery. In 1 Samuel 18, there was King Saul, and King Saul envied David. The people rejoiced over David. They were excited about David. David was the new, the up and coming and all this, and, and it, it made Saul envious, so much so that on numerous times, King Saul tried to kill David. In Isaiah 14, it talks about Lucifer, and it talks about how Lucifer envied God. Lucifer envied God. Remember, it's demonic. It's of the devil, right? In Mark 15, we see that the, uh, the chief priests, the Sadducees, they, they handed Jesus over to the Romans right before he was about to be crucified because they envied his ability to draw the people. They envied his knowledge of the scriptures. And so it happens time and time again. Is it really that big of a deal? Well, again, yes, it's earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. But what does it do in our lives? I want to read a scripture to you. Um, and, and in the context of choosing fruit, I would say this. Envy, envy is the fruit opposite of joy and peace. If you want joy in your peace and joy and peace in your life, you're, you're going to have to get rid of envy anywhere in your life. Proverbs 14 verse 30. Proverbs 14:30 says this: "A heart at peace gives life to the body." Right? Just like our first verse, streams of living water, a tree planted beside streams of living water. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Envy will rot your bones. So the question, last week I posed a question to you. This week I want to do the same thing. I want to pose a question to you. And, and the question is just simply, who or what do you envy? And, and I would ask each and every one of you as you listen to this, as you tune in, man, reflect on yourself. Reflect on your life. Ask God to examine your heart and see if there is any envy that you have towards something or someone. Um, being honest, me, I, I deal with envy all the time. As a pastor, I envy other pastors. Um, more so, I, I envy people who have the weekends off. Melissa and I, my wife and I, were talking here uh, just uh, over this last week, and just the, the realization that because of this social distancing thing, uh, we haven't had weekends off in, in our married life. So over 17 years, we've never had weekends off. Unless we took one vacation during the year or something, we don't get weekends off. And, and so here I am every single Sunday standing at the building and, and watching boat after boat after boat go by the envy can start to, to well up. And in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, well, well look it, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just over here trying to save the world. Don't mind me. Y'all go fishing. Enjoy yourself. Um, it, it can be envy that starts to rise up within my bones. I've got to recognize that I'm prone to envy, and I have to realize that it will rot my bones. It's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. Um, so again, who or what do you envy? 
Recognize it honestly, recognize in your life. So to choose the good fruit, to choose peace and joy over envy, I want to share with you a couple things this morning. Scripture, I feel, tells us not to do one thing and to do two other things. Uh, so first, what we're not going to do. Number one, what we cannot do is we don't compare ourselves against others. You can't compel yourselves to others. No comparison. 2 Corinthians 10.12 says this, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves, they, or when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Uh, And yet, that is the natural tendency. Even the disciples dealt with envy on a consistent basis. Uh, you, they, they asked questions of Jesus all the time. Well, who's the most important? Uh, who gets to sit beside Jesus? Who is the greatest in heaven, Jesus? They had these questions that they always wanted to know. It was a form of envy in their lives. In fact, in John chapter 21, there's this beautiful moment. Jesus has been crucified, resurrected. He's presented himself back before the disciples. And Peter, having just denied Jesus at the cross, now seeing Jesus is just completely, I would say, broken. Looking in the eyes of Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and says, do you love me? And Peter responded back with, yes, Lord, I do. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. But then Jesus asked him again, do you love me? And again, same response, same response. And then again, for a third time, Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, do you love me? And by this time, Scripture talks about how Peter was just like, yes, Lord, I do. Don't you get it? Don't you? I I love you. And and Jesus says, then feed my sheep. But it goes on and it says that that Peter, in envy, says, says, well, what about John? What about the other disciple? You're, you're pointing me out. You're, you're looking at me. You're, you're pointing all the fingers at me. Yeah, I denied you, but I've told you I love you. I told you I want to keep this going. So, so what about them? Why don't you look at them? Why don't you talk to them? What about John? And in, in John 21, verse 22, it says this. Jesus, looking at Peter, flat out said, what is that to you? What is that to you? You must follow me. Basically, he's saying, Peter, that, that ain't none of your business. Don't worry about him. Reflect on your own life. Look at what's going on in your life. It's dangerous when we start to classify people's rank, when we start to classify people's importance. It will destroy lives. You and I, we must be faithful to who God has called us to be. We must be faithful to who God has called us to be. We don't view people in ranks. We don't view people in categories. It's wrong, flat out. Here's a a powerful scripture in Galatians 6 verse 4. Each one, you, me, the person sitting beside you watching this, the person across the street in another house, everybody on their own, each one should test his own actions without comparing himself to somebody else. You and I must test our own actions without comparing ourselves to somebody else. No comparisons. That, that's what we're not going to do. So what are we going to do? So there's the what we're not to do, and then there's two positives that the scripture tells us. The first one that I want to talk about is choosing. We must choose to celebrate God's goodness in other people's lives. Choosing to celebrate God's goodness in others. Instead of resenting God's goodness in other people's lives, we we choose to celebrate it. There's a scripture in Romans 12 verse 15. It says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It doesn't matter if it didn't happen to you or it didn't affect you. It affected them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Someone else gets something that you were hoping for. Rejoice with them. A great example of this in scripture, earlier I talked about King Saul and, and his, his hatred, his anger toward David. Um, And King Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan and David were best of friends. They were tight. They were close. And and, uh, now, Jonathan, rightfully, we need to understand, Jonathan was rightfully heir to the throne. His father was the king, King Saul. So you can only imagine Jonathan growing up in the palace and in the castle. He may be running around, playing with the others all the time, thinking, I'm the king, because one day he was going to be. 
It, it was understood that that's going to be passed down from my father to me. I will one day too be king. Uh, and, and so what we see is, is, is that God, we, we know that God had other plans. God had other plans and had anointed David to be king over Israel already. In place of King Saul, God had anointed David to be king. So with that, you would expect Jonathan to have every right to be envious, every right to be angry, every right to despise David. But let me read you a passage. Jonathan said this in 1 Samuel 23, 17. Jonathan looks at David and says, David, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. Remember, Saul envied David so much that he was trying to kill him. And here he is, here's Jonathan, his Saul's son saying, don't be afraid, David. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. I will be second to you. I will serve you. I've got your back. You've got what I wanted, what, what was mine, but God has other plans and so I rejoice with you. Um, so, so in your life, so you wanted the promotion and somebody else got it. Man, Congratulations. Uh, you were hoping to get something and it ended up working out where somebody else gets it. And hey, Man, I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. You're going to really like that, whatever it is. You're praying for something desperately in your life. You're seeking God, seeking God. And, and all of a sudden, you, you see, even though God hasn't delivered in your life, that, that someone else with the same kind of prayer has their prayer answered. Man, awesome. I'm excited for you. That's so powerful. God is using you, man. That's amazing. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Instead of resenting their blessings, we need to choose to celebrate it. Again, so no comparison. Celebrate God's goodness in others. And then the second positive thing I think scripture shows us is that we are choosing to embrace God's goodness in our own life. So embrace God's goodness in other people's lives, but then yes, embrace God's goodness in our own lives. Uh, instead of ignoring God's goodness within our lives, we embrace it. Ecclesiastes 6.9 says this, Better what the eye sees than a roving of the appetite. This too, it's, it's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. In other words, better what God has given you, what God has placed right before you, than looking over at somebody else's greener grass. Um, Appetites can rove. They, they, they always just rove. You, you can always want to look for more. Oh, well, well they've got the newer this or that, or, or they've got a bigger, better this or that. All of these different things. No, better what God has already given you. I'm thankful, God. I'm grateful, God. Celebrate God's goodness in your life than a roving of the appetite. And, and I want to clarify something about being thankful, being grateful. It's time... Uh, for you to look at what God's given you, say you're thankful, but to do so without having to qualify it. You don't need to qualify your thankfulness. Can you just be grateful? Can you just be thankful? A lot of times I think what happens is, is we come before God and like, God, man, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm grateful for the house that you've blessed me with, but here's some of the, the things that, that I think are wrong with it or that I'd like to see better about it. God, I thank you so much that, that yeah, you've given me this marriage, but, but let, man, if you could do this in them, if you could work on this in them, if we keep adding all these little buts, we try and, and, and we try and qualify our, our thankfulness. Uh, no, we don't need to do that. We're, we're thankful for what God has provided, period. End of story. That's it. I'm thankful for what I do, period. I'm thankful. No more buts. Scripture says it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be grateful no matter what. No matter what, in every circumstance, in any situation, be grateful. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way that God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Do you belong to Christ? If you belong to Christ, then you must be thankful. You must be satisfied, be fulfilled in that. My gosh, do you realize what that means? You belong to Christ Jesus. The maker, the creator of the heavens and the earth wants a relationship with you. Can you not just be grateful for that alone? Is envy a big deal? Yes, again, it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's of the devil. And behind it, uh, you find every kind of evil pass, uh, every kind of evil practice and disorder. 
it, it rots the bones. It will rot and destroy your life. Don't compare our lives to others. Celebrate God's goodness in others. Celebrate God's goodness in others and then embrace God's goodness in your own life. Uh, again, for me, it's, it's easy for me to want to compare myself, especially to other pastors. Um, I, I'll, I'll uh, post this video Sunday morning, I'll watch it, and, and somebody out there immediately is gonna share a video. Man, this was awesome, the most powerful message I've ever heard this morning, and it's Stephen Furtick and his muscles. And the envy can start to oh, just creep up. And man, how that guy can grow a beard, I don't, I don't get it. I watch him one week and there's no beard, and I'm like, is that even Stephen? And then the next week, it's a full beard. And I'm, ooh, envious, right? Or maybe maybe it's, oh, the dynamic delivery of T.D. Jakes. You watch him and like the whole audience is pulling out hankies and just, yeah, I mean, like you want to rise up and get excited. And, and I preach on a Sunday and, and I'm lucky to see somebody maybe, maybe do a nod like, nah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good, Corey. I'll give you that one, right? <laughs> I mean, or, or maybe Craig Rochelle. Man, the, the reach, the global reach of somebody who does these online platforms all the time. I get all excited. We're, we're doing this online stuff and I'm like, oh, look at this. We, we've got this many people watching and, and oh, I'll, I'll go back and look at one of our videos and see, oh my gosh, this had a couple thousand views. How amazing is that? And then I see theirs with like a million. Like, oh, really? Envy. Envy is so easy to creep up in our lives. Or, or how about all the books that all these other people have written? All the books they've written, how many followers they have. There's so many areas where it would be easy to become envious. But when I stop and reflect, when I stop and look, I have to understand I get to serve the greatest God. And I get to do it full time. Each and every one of us, you and I, all of us are called to ministry in whatever position we're at, but, but I get to do it as my job. My job is full time. I get to serve the greatest God. And, and I get to then love and share his truth with you. I love that I get to do that. It's my calling. I, my life, I've got an amazing wife. I've got a beautiful wife who, who has blessed me with three children that I love and adore. I've got dear friends that that speak into my life, they encourage me, they build me up. I have mentors like, like my, my, my spiritual father, Ron Corzine. People that look into my life and build me up, they invest in me. I have the best staff around. The staff that we have here at CF, man, it's amazing how they're always looking around, seeing how they can better take the good news to everyone in our community. Uh, and then above all of those, above all of those, I've got Christ Jesus. I've got the Son of God in my heart. I've got His Spirit leading and guiding my every step along the way. What more could I want? When I reflect honestly, even though I look at all these other great things out there, when I reflect honestly, God has blessed my life just on the sole fact that, that He sent His Son to die for me. I must choose to not compare myself and instead to celebrate God's goodness in my life, to embrace God's goodness in my life, to celebrate God's goodness in others too. I hope, I pray that you can do the same, realizing that Jesus is enough and never and never envy again. Jesus is enough. Recognize the problem with envy. Recognize the issue that it truly is. Whatever, whatever area, whoever it is in your life, confess that sin to God and ask him to forgive you, to cleanse you. If you'll bow your heads with me as I close this morning, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for your truth, your word, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Father. And I thank you, Father, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for, for the goodness of your son, I thank you, Father, for surrendering, or excuse me, for surrendering that Jesus surrendered his life so that we might have life, so that we would have life, and not just some mundane life, Lord God, but a life filled with fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Father, all of these things. Forgive us, Lord, for surrendering to, to the, the, these bad fruits, these fruits, the fruit of envy, Father. Instead of resting in your peace, resting in your joy, Father, forgive us for choosing envy over those. Help us, God, lead us to choose the fruit of your spirit over the fruits that lead to destruction, the fruits that rot our bones. 
Father, we want to be that tree planted beside streams of living water, producing what the world needs now more than ever. If you're here this morning and, and, and you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, if that sounds foreign to you, I, I don't know what you've heard, where you come from, what your background is, but scripture says that no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you are, that Jesus' blood on the cross of Calvary was enough for you. He paid the price of sin so that you could be saved. When he was resurrected, that right there was the very moment, your opportunity to receive life and life everlasting, life abundant, something different than the bad fruits that may have been producing in your life. It really is as simple as just thanking and being grateful, acknowledging, Lord God, I believe in your son. I believe that he died for me. And I believe that in his resurrection, Lord God, that I too can be set free and then accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. Guys, if that's you, I, I wanna pray with you this morning, a powerful prayer and yet a very simple prayer. Bow your heads with me, Lord God, we thank you. And Father, right now, we recognize the sin in our lives, but we turn it over to you. We ask for forgiveness. We believe in you, Lord God, we believe in your Son, and we know, Lord God, in saying just as much, Father, that your Spirit can come into our lives if we believe with our mouth and we confess, Father, that your spirit comes into our lives, leads us, guides us, directs us, Father, gives us the power and the strength that we need to stand today. And with that spirit, Lord God, we can then see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our lives. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray, amen. Guys, listen again. I, I, I can't encourage you enough. Choose peace and joy over envy. Uh, again, I want to give you a quick reminder this next Sunday, this next Sunday, one week from today, we are back physically in location, CF Paris, back at 3410. I will say we're gonna to continue to be online, so if you don't feel comfortable yet getting out of the house, if you still wanna stay at home and, and, uh, and remain indoors, man, we're still gonna be putting together our videos. We're still gonna go live on Sunday morning. We're working on, on producing a, a better show on Sunday mornings. I said show, you know what I mean. Um, but being able to give you this while also engaging people that wanna be local. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining in. I look forward to seeing you, whether it's this coming week or sometime soon. I look forward to seeing you. God bless you. Remember, we're choosing peace and joy over envy. God bless you guys.